Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man jealous that James Ellsworth got to be Carmella's lapdog. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the big E to my Kofi Kingston. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? What up? I was trying to think of something clever, but. Oh, podcast land. Uh, I don't Sweaty know. men slapping meat. Oh, we're going to get a lot of big, big, meaty men smacking meat on this podcast, man. And I am. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know, I I'll say this going back. You and I looked at this card again after it was booked and we were like, eh. And overall, the show was, you know, it, it was what it was. But I don't know. Memories came flooding back because I, I was, you know, watching religiously around this time and. Uh, I don't know. The show was it. I thought was at least fun, even if some of the quality was a little lackluster. It was fun for me. What, what about you? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my favorite Money in the Bank. That's for damn sure. But it, it, it was fine. We'll uh, we'll get into some of these matches. That some of them, I feel like, really, you looked at this and was like, this deserves you know a long ass runtime, but. <laughs> You know, whatever. I guess you got to fill four hours somehow, man. But we'll get into all of that. Uh, 2018 was uh, an interesting year. I forget. Did you and I, well, you probably went to live events. I don't think I went to any events with you this year, did I? Did you go to Survivor Series this year? Was it Survivor Series 2018? I don't remember. Yeah, I, f- I forget off the top of my head. Uh, well, no, we went to it was WrestleMania 34 was this year, right? So I guess we, yeah, we did go to an event, <laughs> the the big event, actually. Uh, yeah, 2018. Okay, so we met up for WrestleMania. Usually we go to like one per year. So I think we went 19, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 19, yeah, was the one at Rosemont. Ironically enough, this one was also at the, in, in Rosemont. So that's a, it's a pretty cool building. I like the vibe of that area. You and I stayed at the hotel, like, right across the street, so that was super convenient. <laughs> and uh, and there was, like, a longhorn attached to the uh, attached to the hotel, so we just walked right down there and had a steak. I believe that, like I said, that was the one Jericho got his title stolen from. Yeah. If anybody remembers, when Chris Jericho won the AEW World title, he had it stolen out of his, I think it was out of his car, when he was in eating at the Longhorn Steakhouse. Pretty, you and I yeah, talked that about that. That wasn't an omen. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I think they found it. Didn't the guy like just chuck it out of the car and they found it somewhere? I never knew how they found it. I, I 
I want to say that was that was it. The guy just like chucked it. I'm like, wow, the the thief didn't like the thief stole it, and it was like, <laughs> you know what? Never mind. I'm gonna leave the obvious metaphor alone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, like I don't even want this. <laughs> Good God, man! If you're gonna take time to steal it, at least do something with it. But nope. And hey, it's okay. You know that that was the one title they have out of their 100. They did. They don't have like 500 versions of. Like that TNT title, I swear to God, has gotten like six or seven makeovers since they introduced it like a year and a half, two years ago. That's pretty damn. Now you hardly ever see it on TV, so there's that. Yeah. Well, heaven forbid, you know, you push more than one title or one story at a time, man. You know, I liked when uh, when Miro <laughs> had it. I felt like Miro did something with it, but I think he defended it more times than anybody. Yeah. Well, th- but didn't they say that? And I like I feel bad because he passed away, but like they said that Brody Lee was the greatest TNT champion ever. They I'm still like, do. They still do. I'm like, come on. We know the only reason you're saying it is because he passed away. Like it's that's kind of sick, if you ask me. I mean, at least when Bruno died, you could legitimately say he was one of the greatest TNT champions ever. Yeah, sold out Madison Square Garden countless times. Uh, had a, ma- a a ton of matches with big time legends, but. <sighs> No, yeah, Bro- Brody Lee, who held that title for a total of what, maybe two weeks, three Double weeks cups at most, of coffee at least. Yeah, good grief, whatever. But either way, enough uh, revisionist history, you know. Yeah, enough uh, complaining about AEW, I guess. Uh, we can complain about this, but first, I could do thirty minutes on that and get thrown off every social media platform and lynched oh. by a couple of freakazoids. Oh well, you're definitely going to get dogpiled. <laughs> yeah. I, I also actually. Real quick, I do want to let everybody know about the sponsor of this year's podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. But we're going to get into our first break. We'll uh, talk at you right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. 
Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God! Somebody's interrupting the main event marks! Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts gimmick and politics free well so do we here at the main event marks and so do the guys and gals at coffee brand coffee where they ditch the gimmicks You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code main event, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. Anything to crack today? I'm just drinking bottled water. Yeah. Literally just got back from the gym, so. Oh, nice. And drinking soda. You're making me feel fat. (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't have anything to crack today. My fellow Ohioans... I mean, celery get, sticks. You might hear me crack those. <laughs> uh, my fellow Ohioans might get mad at me for calling it soda. Like, oh, what That's what it's called. Soda? Yeah, I, well, I, I've, I call it both. I call it soda and I call it pop. The people... At, the people, seriously... Think, I've never, ever in my life called it pop. Ever. Well, you're not from the Midwest. That's a, a, that's a big Midwestern thing. And what the weirdest one is down south, some states, they'll call it Coke. Everything. Everything is Coke. Yep. That's I, happened I here before, too. That one doesn't make any damn sense. Soda and pop, I get it, because it's called soda pop. So you're just oh, shortening it. Like back it in the day one. when like, parents would call every video game Nintendo. You know, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you get that new PlayStation Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> hey, revisionist yeah. history makes people forget. That was actually almost a thing. <sighs> really? Yeah, Sony had a disk drive ready to go for Nintendo, and something happened at the... 
final hour and it just didn't happen. Wow. Or it and, did limited or something like that. Yeah. Well, Game Boy was their or not Game Boy, uh GameCube was their first disc one, right? I believe. Yeah. yeah. And they had the yeah. little discs. And it's a little one too, so they kinda of made it they had to be different. Yeah, I like that. Right. Well now they went back to cartridges for the Switch and they're little. So little tiny cartridges. But Amazing. Uh, they fit like thirty gigs of stuff on that little thing. Giggity. Yeah, right. Well, what blows my mind about the, the soda pop thing is I, I was in a Walmart in Cincinnati and I was just Sorry. trying to get in and out really quick. And I, I asked one of the workers, I'm like, uh, where's your soda? And she's like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, your soda? Well, what is that? Like, it, it it's fizzy, like, you know, Coca-Cola, whatever. And she's like, oh, like pop. And I'm like, you know what the hell I mean? Good God. Wow. Yeah, like the sign over the aisle says like soft drinks, I guess, or like it might say soda. I think it actually says soda now. It's like you you never looked at that, whatever. You've never heard anybody in your entire life say soda. Like how sheltered are you? Uh, my grandma sometimes called it soda water. Isn't that just like uh, club soda? I don't know. She called it soda water. <laughs> Okay, I mean, there's water in it, I guess. It's all bring, it's bringing back to high school now. I forgot she used to call it that. Yeah. Huh. That's uh. That's oh, what kind of soda water do you want? <laughs> what? I never, never heard that one before. I make <sighs> sugar-free soda out of uh, sparkling water, so I guess technically I do make soda water, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, there's water in soda. It's just not a lot, but. Either way, time to get into the news and notes here. Let's get into the important stuff from. Uh, this is five years ago at this point. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> all right. I mean, that last it part is. is all I need to hear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. Now, it's been rumored for a while, but and uh, WWE dropped the bombshell with a story on WWE.com. On Saturday, October 6th, WWE brings the Super Showdown to Melbourne Cricket Ground in Melbourne, Australia. This will be the largest live event ever for them. Although, although Triple H said it's the biggest live event ever. I'm like, in history for anything? I, I don't know if that's accurate, but I'm, I'm just going to assume he means for them. But 100,000. I, I can't remember a lot of events in Australia, so it wouldn't have much competition. So, Yeah, right. And I believe this is the biggest arena or venue, whatever that they got over there. So, and I don't know. It was one of those wacky, weird events. Like, uh, well, now they've made them more meaningful, and they actually have like real pay per views over there. But like the first couple Saudi shows, those were kind of like a mutual friend of ours used to call them like non-canon shows. So I don't know. This one is kind of that way. It's like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me people give a damn about Buddy Murphy? Who knew? Give a damn is an understatement, dude. He was like a yeah, god. Like, I know. It's like you act like you've never seen an Australian wrestler before. Good God. <laughs> they got like the I Australian wrestler, apparently. Yeah, right. Like I mentioned, he, he came out looking like uh, the country threw up on him. Like his tights were uh, Australian flag colors. He draped the, the Australian flag over him. I'm like, man. Like he's going Imagine what if they got if they went there now with Rhea Ripley. Yeah, right. She'd be more with a Jesus at the Vatican, dude. 
Wow. I think, was she on that show? I don't think or so. No? I mean, she was in wrestling yet. Okay, yeah, no, that was... Uh, or at least on WWE. Right. Uh, well, the Iconics are who I was thinking of. They were they were on that show. They were over, like, hell, too. Yeah, roll tide. Yeah, right. No, Greg, they, you know, they were better looking in NXT. They gained some weight. So that's a bad thing. Yeah. Well, even if, like... I need my women still, like sticks. Yeah, right. Well, my thing is, for people that don't know what we're referencing, Uncle Dave talked crap about him, saying that, oh, they put on weight since they left NXT. It's like, first of all, where? Second of all, like... Well, I know where. Yeah. But it's like, what, like, how do you know this? And, like... Because I'm he was standing there at the gym when they were working out with the scale. Yeah, right. Like he sits at the uh, all the WrestleManias with his clicker at the at the entrance gates. Well, it's like if they put on any weight whatsoever, it was like maybe five pounds. You know, it's like it wasn't even noticeable. But somehow, Again, I don't know why that's a bad thing. Yeah, well, it's like somehow he noticed all. Her, you know, it's not like they were getting paunchy. Like for God's sake, what a freaking. Do you remember when man. Corey Graves like burned him on the air for that? <laughs> Uh, I think so. I know he said something. The iconics have never looked better, in my opinion. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. (sighs) Man, that's... uh, Why do you have to be such an asshole? Because he's Uncle Dave, man. I don't know. Does it just suck to be you? Yeah, pretty much. Well, no, Greg, he's the genius. And, you know, he's always right. (laughs) I I saw this tweet the other night. It was like, uh, uh, let me try my hand at this uh, wrestling journalism thing. Uh... Uh, CM Punk will be the the top guy for AEW Collision, uh, unless maybe he decides not to be. <laughs> and uh, uh, plans change. He decides not to be. Yeah, right. And there were there was a bunch of other ones where it's like, ah, oh, this might happen, but then again, it, it might not. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's literally almost all of Uncle Dave's reports. Well, you know, this could happen unless plans change. Like for God's sake, man! You can use that for anything on planet Earth. I might finally get that date with Kate Upton. Those plans change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hashtag plans change. <laughs> but uh, with 100,000 seats to fill at Melbourne Cricket Ground, it's not surprising that WWE threw every name they have at Super Showdown, the newest international mega event on their calendar. Uh, even past the Undertaker Triple H match at the top of the card, there are a couple of very interesting names which jump out at you. Uh, these things are always subject to change, of course. There it is. Oh. Yeah, right. Uh, but given all the talk lately about whether or not Shawn Michaels could return to the ring for the proverbial one more match, his being listed without any special appearance by caveats is going to raise a few eyebrows. Also listed is Michaels' one-time student, Daniel Bryan. But I think Shawn does come out, doesn't he? Is this the one where he had Triple H face Kane Undertaker? Uh, that was Saudi Arabia. Nah, dude, he wasn't coming out of retirement for anything less than that sweet, sweet Saudi money. Bald, might I? I always like it when people knocked him. Like, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I would take the payout. It's a lot of money. Yeah, like, oh, you mean uh, my grandkids will never have to work a day in their lives? <sighs> you know what? I'll think about it. <laughs> hmm, that works. I ain't for got me, morals. When it, I ain't got morals when it comes to money. Sorry. <laughs> Unless it involves I, like killing somebody or something. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a list of things, but uh, I don't know. That one, it's like, uh, yeah, how much are we talking here? Like, how many zeros are at the end of that check? Like, you know, I don't know. You get to fly over, do your business, and come on home, and you're set for life. Your kids are set for life. Like, apparently, they just pay 
phenomenally. Like I had multiple WWE uh, superstars who were were at liberty to say they haven't really come out and said the exact figure, but they're like, uh, yeah, it was worth it. I'll just say that. Well, the fact that Brock Lesnar's been on like all of them should tell you right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of people whose grandkids will never have to work a day in their lives, like good grief. I don't think he gets enough credit for being like the smartest businessman there is. Uh, this one, looking back, is like, wow, we've uh, how far we've come. At NXT, at NXT TakeOver Chicago 2, the camera cut to Keith Lee, who smiled and pointed at his wrist and mouthed the words, it's time to bask in my glory. This is a declaration that he's about to debut in NXT. Yeah. Phrase Ukraine talk and smell the shit look. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. <sighs> uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's something. I, I, like, I was sending you stuff the other day where people were like, roasting AEW. They were like, imagine not knowing what to do with Keith Lee. This is two companies, by the way. Uh, Vince McMahon didn't know what to do with him. Tony hey, Khan. Yeah, he's a bear catch. Yeah, the only person in the last five years that had any clue what to do with this guy was Triple H. That's it. <sighs> it like, good guy. Keith two belts. Right. How, how do you look at him how do you watch his matches and you're like, you know what, pal? I, I don't know what to do with you, man. Like, I, I don't know if I've got spot for you on my card. How long you do to market that? Right. And Vince McMahon, I mean, like we've said, you, you know, you're, you're not going to bat a thousand. But that one, I just don't, I really don't get it. How did he not see major potential in Keith? I know he was out for a while with his heart problems, but damn, man. <sighs> Whatever. I don't know. And now he's in AEW looking like the Black Wizard of Oz or something. Like, <laughs> oh, man. It's like, who told you to let your hair go gray? Like, that, I'm sorry, that doesn't look good on anybody. And he comes Did out. You see that, that meme of him? This is what happens when you get creative freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they need to add Chris Jericho to that list. I'm standing next to the, uh, the appreciators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's not. Not one single person in that faction worth a damn, except for maybe Sammy Guevara. And uh, it was in the main this, event here as a, as a recording uh, this weekend, I believe. I'll tell you what, man. He's one of them where it's like, man, you're talented, man, but seems like an ass. Like, like not in the ring, but just like in real life, he seems like an <laughs> ass. Like, there's a running gag. There's a line in the back for everyone lined up to just punch him in the face. Apparently, Andrade's the only one with the balls to do it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What the hell is he going to do to Andrade? <laughs> anyway, they let him go. I'm pretty sure he's going to be secure and go back. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what the hell Andrade's still still doing hanging out there. It's like maybe he just signed a long-term well, contract. He's been hurt. For, we haven't seen him on TV forever, so I don't know where the hell he is. Yeah, well, I was going to say. Uh, them, them, uh, he's, a, he's been referenced on Raw more than he has on AEW since he's been hurt. That's a fact. Good God. <laughs> I was going to say somebody on AEW's active roster not being seen on TV for months is not exactly a you know a novel thing. So, yeah, sure. uh, speaking of people, he is one of the better ones. That's what ticks me off. I know. <sighs> and you finally got Roosh. You got Roosh in there with him. The thing people have been begging for years to happen ever since he was in WWE, and nothing. Okay, whatever. Anyway, speaking of uh, people who are currently in AEW, Paige tweeted that she was a victim of theft at the Sheraton Memphis while SmackDown was in town there. 
Rusev is pressing charges for things taken from his and Lana's room as well. I think I remember this story where like four or five people got robbed in this hotel and it was all like WWE wrestlers. Yeah. It's gotta be housekeeping, right? Because who the hell else get into your room? I mean, you would assume, or I mean like, uh, uh, you call it maintenance or whatever. Yeah. And so it had to be somebody on staff. But my thing is that pressing charges. So did they catch the person? I don't know. Uh, I, or it could be talking about the hotel in general. Yeah, it's like maybe you could press charges for them allowing things to get stolen. I, I don't know how that would work, but I, I, I don't know. Thank God I've never faced Call that Call my situation. attorney, Smart Mark Sterling. Yeah, right. Well, this one's kind of sad. Jason Jordan is expected back on television after Money in the Bank, and there's been a lot of talk of a feud with Baron Corbin. Well, which part? I, just out of curiosity, when you say it's sad, which part do you mean? That he's yes. not back, or that he's going to feud with Baron Corbin? Yes, all of it, <laughs> all of the above. Uh, and I, love, being, I like Baron Corbin. Make that clear, but man, he's crapped the bed these past couple of months. Couple of months? I'd say a yeah, couple right, of years. Especially but, the past couple of months. Okay, how about that? I will say, ever since he dropped the, uh, the the lone wolf gimmick, it's just been all downhill from there. Like right here, he's Constable Corbin, badass theme song. <laughs> right, he he's Constable Corbin here, which nobody gave a damn about. Uh, he was literally like he he had changed the channel heat, and then he was. I, I might hey, miss so did Dominic Mysterio at one point. Now look at him, so don't go off that. Yeah, but how many times have they tried to rehab him since then? Like, they put him with JBL most recently. Like, the whole... Possible Corbin, Happy Corbin, King Corbin. Well, there was Sad Corbin at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who gives a damn? <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody... Get, just call him Baron Corbin, send his ass out there with the, the biker gimmick, and let him go. Good grief, man. Going but back anyway, to NXT has helped quite a few people, so, I mean, I can see that happening. Right. Well, they, they slapped JBL with him. Well, they slapped JBL with him, hoping, well, maybe he'll have a good mouthpiece. Now, nope, nope, still nobody gave a damn. I don't think he needed a mouthpiece. I don't think he was that bad, honestly. I'm not saying he's great, but I'm just saying he wasn't bad. I hesitate to blame it all on him, but some of his promos were pretty brutal, just because all of his promos boiled down to, I'm really big and you're not. Ha ha. Like, that was, it seems like that was not more single feud. Yeah. Seems like that was every feud he had <laughs> you know, for years. You know who was like one of his legit best friends is? <laughs> who? MJF. Wow. And I just say that because like you said, like all of his promos are, you know, basically the same. It's MJF's too. I'm better than <laughs> you. I'm Jewish. I'm from Long Island. Bidding War 2024. WWE. Boom. MJF promo. <laughs> well, you hear uh like you look at all of like his his feuds with like Finn Balor was the one that stuck out with me the most because that entire feud was, hey, little guy, I'm big and you're small. Ha ha ha. That's our feud. And then his next feud was with somebody he did the <sighs> same thing with. It's like, it, it's just been the, the rinse and repeat for years. Like, you guys can't come up with anything better than that. And he's come not on, really like the big show big huge. either. No, yeah. he, I mean, he's and a large Balor man. exactly a little person, so. Yeah, he's under six foot, so therefore tiny <laughs> in their eyes. Better than most getting of the damn roster. Right. Well, getting back to the Jason Jordan thing, uh, about him coming back after Money in the Bank. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
yeah. Unfortunately, he never comes back to the ring. He's he's done. I believe he's still there. Yeah, I think he's still an agent or whatever the hell he's doing. He's working some way, shape, or form in the backstage. He's up fights. Yeah, one of them guys. Well, PWI ins- or PW Insider notes that Alicia Fox was backstage at a recent Raw. Though she- I got to mention on WWE TV this last week, too. Though <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she obviously wasn't used. There's also apparently some speculation that she could leave WWE when her deal is up, which may be later this year. I oh, think no. she does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are we going to do without her? But I, I always liked she was the... I like Dolph Ziggler. I that, but... Right. Well, she was like the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division. She she was always in some match uh, with with like the new person they were trying to build up. She would always lose... And commentary would also or would always push like, oh, she's a former Divas champion, you know. So that means something. Just like with Dolph Ziggler, he he's he was like oh for life, and they're like, oh, he's a former World's Heavyweight Champion. Who gives a Ironically, shit? Ironically, vocal styles are no longer a thing. Right. <laughs> it's like, dude, Dolph hasn't meant anything in years. You pumping up that he's a former World's Champion? They did the same thing with Jack Swagger. Means nothing. Absolutely zilch. They still call him a former world champion on AEW TV to this day. God. Yeah. An undefeated MMA fighter. <laughs> Out of what? One, two fights? I don't, I don't, I don't even know who he beat. Did you beat John Jones or Stipe or Cain Velasquez? Who'd you beat? It, why why, I why he, do I care about your record? Right. <laughs> well, he won one fight by uh, via like forfeit because he accidentally kicked the dude right in the junk and the guy couldn't continue. Remember when that was a thing for a while? They played it up on WWE, or I mean, uh, AEW. Where yep. he, kept, like, he, he would kick dudes in the junk. And this was like right after the fight, so you knew what the hell there they were. There was a current UFC champion who holds the title because he won it for getting hit in the nuts. He had DQ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week saw TNA and Kenny Omega both on the WWE Network and WWE prominently promoting a video game showdown between the New Day and the Elite on E3. Uh, the Street Fighter V battle ended with Xavier Woods and Kenny Omega saying their encounter was hopefully just the beginning of making Kenny's catchphrase change the world into a reality. In a recent interview, Triple H stated, quote, Is there an opportunity for cross-promotional events? Absolutely, with the right things. It's a blank slate, and I'm open to just about anything if the right situation shows itself. We have an alliance with Progress in the UK, a situation with ICW in Scotland, two very well-run and respected promotions that do good business, and more importantly, they are cultivating talent. They're not just... AKs, Triple H's personal farm leagues. <laughs> pretty much. It says, uh, they are not just exploiting talent and grabbing guys to do a show with them, they are teaching talent and trying to make them better, which is what it is all about for me, end quote. Yeah, uh... Well, what, what was was that Kenny Omega uh, Seth Rollins match. Yeah, right. Well, so, I mean, seems like uh, the elite always has to be in charge. The elite always has to go over. They always have to call the shots. So that's the one reason why I can't see them leaving AEW unless they're forced to. Because in WWE, they have to. Oh, well, Finger Bang keeps uh, teasing it. So apparently, November was a big thing. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing that the guy was, he was like, uh, Kenny Omega's contract is up in November and he might go to WWE. Although it might be a lot longer than that. 
I, like, I saw yep. Omega tweet himself, so I, that's why I believe it, but I don't know. Yeah, well, Uncle Dave knows more, Greg. We know this. Well, in that case, I don't know if you're being sarcastic, we probably would. <laughs> yeah. Rumor has it, uh, he checks Kenny Omega's oil daily, so. <laughs> wow. Hey, Kenny, want me to oil your pecs for you? You're looking awfully <laughs> vascular today. That's <sighs> always been uh, Jim Cornette has one compliment of Kenny Omega. He goes, at least he looks like a wrestler. I'll give him that. <laughs> right. But the thing is, I just, I don't know. I, I would. I, I don't know if the elite would make it in WWE just because, well, one, the young bucks are effing weird and they're injury prone. They're constantly hurting themselves. Uh, as far as Kenny Omega, though, it's like I feel like all of them have like a big head on their shoulders and they love being in charge. That ain't going to fly in WWE. They're, they're not going to be in charge of a damn thing. So I feel like Omega would lose up if he got away from them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They're up each other's asses so much. Like, I don't know. They, uh, I, I feel like Kenny could do something in WWE. But then again, they'd have to... I feel like he'd be a huge deal. If any of them were going to be, he would be it. But then again, I don't know if... I don't know if he would come in being a big deal or if it would be kind of like a Cody thing where it's like, we're going to bring you in, we're going to act like, ah, it's a really big deal. And then it's like, uh, yeah, but you're going to have to... You know, get moved down the card a little bit there for a while, bud. I mean, obviously he's in been in big feuds, but still, Roman is still, uh, you know, still trucking along. Well, he got in trouble for praising Roman a couple weeks ago. I saw it. Everyone snapped on him. Who? Uh, Cody. Omega. Omega. Oh. Oh God. Someone asked him, "How, how would you feel about a match?" He said, "Oh yeah, you probably dominate Roman in a match." He goes, "Well, he's their top guy, top guy in wrestling. I think it'd be a great match." Was he supposed to say, "Oh, I'd kill him"? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, but, like, dominate him in a match? Really? Come on, man. These people are effing delusional, man. It's like, yeah, everybody hates Roman Reigns until his music hits and everybody gets on their damn feet because, guess what? He's thrown in the air. Yeah. Because guess what? He's selling the tickets. He tre- Him or the Bloodline collectively trends every week. Multiple times a week. So, whatever. Say what you will. But uh, He's not even in Fast and the Furious either, so I don't know why he's trending. <laughs> Yeah, although he wasn't one, but technically, maybe they saw Jason Momoa and thought, "Oh, he kind of looks yeah. like Roman Reigns." <laughs> there is a funny video people should watch. The interviewer's talking to Momoa. He goes, "You ever been told you look like Roman Reigns?" Momoa said, "Yeah, but I've never met him." And then he said, "You look like Rob Trujillo too," and he knows Rob Trujillo, but he doesn't know Roman. So you wow. ever see these three together in the same room? Like, nope. Wow. <laughs> I never thought about Rob Trujillo until they put the picture. I'm like, wow, yeah, okay, I can see it. But uh, I know you remember this one, man, because you ended up going to the one of these shows that actually became a reality. Rumors point to Mexico's AAA being the first non-WWE wrestling company to plant their flag in Madison Square Garden with multiple dates held for a possible September 2018 show. Uh, well, first of all, I must say... <laughs> that did not happen, because uh, I, I know shocking... People in New York didn't give that much of a crap about AAA. Like, I guess yeah, the, other, it, the other one you're probably about to say, they did give a crap about. So. Right. Well, the thing with AAA is like, yeah, I mean, they have American viewers, but it's like, did you really think you had a big enough audience for your company in New York? Come on, man. I, oh, they it, well, and they're not, they're not going to piggyback WrestleMania? Yeah. yeah well, if you're going to piggyback WrestleMania, that's there's a, like one There's thing, a reason but. people do that, okay? And I don't knock it. It's smart. Hell, I would. Yeah, if, if you're not as well known, there you go. 
that would be stupid for ones like it, it would look pretty pathetic if ones like AEW did that when they're sitting there pretending their competition. That one would be like, wow, that's just kind of admitting defeat right there. Yeah. And then you got Ring of Honor doing it. That's brilliant. You know, yeah, why I wouldn't mean, you? That makes sense because, like, yes, Ring of Honor is a. They might be the the top indie company, but they're still an indie company. So yeah, get all the eyes on your product that you possibly can. My only knock on Ring of Honor doing that is they always go to still like little closets. You're gonna tell like follow so many. I put it in the arena, have the balls to do it, sell it out. Yeah, I, like when they came they over usually, here to the Bay Area for WrestleMania 31, they went to like a little closet in like a Podunk city. They didn't go to like the Chase. They couldn't even go to the damn Cow Palace. Yeah, like, right. That, it really got me. Like, why? Like, people are here for this event. Or for WrestleMania, why are you piggybacking on that bigger? They did go to the Hammerstein uh, for when like, the one again, he covered. Closet. Yeah, it's a little smaller. I mean, it is a ballroom at the end of the day, but uh, I, I mean, know, maybe you that put that in uh, maybe Barclays or whatever the hell they have in Jersey, out on uh, Long Island were, somewhere. If I were I, them, I would have. Yeah, if I were them, I wouldn't. Uh, no way in hell I would have been trying with the Barclays. Maybe. Uh, oh, what the hell is the one in Long Island? They had uh, Evolution there. I think it's just called the Long Island Coliseum. Nassau Coliseum. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that one. I mean, you could have you could have blocked off a lot of seats because for uh, for basketball, it's New, cold, it's New York and WrestleMania. They they probably wouldn't have had to. Well, this one's actually on Long Island, so you, you got to wonder how many people are going to make the trek, but or Union Dale, whatever. I think I think well, it's, it's the same a free, thing. But. It's a free boat from Battery Park. Yeah, I mean, you could set it up for you know over fourteen thousand. But, I mean, WWE, with Evolution, they drew just shy of 11,000 there. I mean, even if you got 5,000 in there, it's, it's not that big of a venue. It wouldn't have looked that bad. So, I think they could have done it with the right promotion. I don't know. I think with the right wrong. promotion, they could have probably sold out in New York. It's a yeah. huge wrestling town. But uh, now with the CEO of Sinclair the Broadcast. On, dude. Yeah. But now the CEO of Sinclair Broadcasting is saying that his company's promotion, Ring of Honor, plans to run the Garden in 2019. WWE is, is reportedly very upset about Ring of Honor and AAA trying to run the Garden. The Wrestling Observer is saying WWE is doing everything possible to block it. And they did. Or, I mean, they, they did everything they could. They weren't able I, to block I it. Still, I still laugh that uh, Sinclair thinks that Ring of Honor sold that place. No, you didn't. New Japan right. did. You were just on the card. Shut up, dude. I don't, think Ring of Honor had, I don't think Ring of Honor had a ton of s- exclusive star power at that time. Most that of it was... won the title in, in the Garden. Yeah. So there's that. that was but, yeah, you know, we weren't there to see the Great, great Moodas Garden debut or see uh, Okada. No, we were there to see Matt F. and Cabin. Oh, yeah. He was their top guy, clearly. Good God. The fact that he won that match in the Garden blew my mind. I'm like, wow. Is this proof that Jay Lethal pissed somebody off. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe he was trying to be a star maker, but it's like, dude, nobody gives a crap about Matt Taven. Well, we know one guy that does, but or I've heard of him. You you met him. <laughs> down the street, down the alley, and then down the street, and then there's a couple houses, one with a bush in front of it, the one with the bush is Matt Taven's house. Hell yeah. <laughs> mind me sitting so in the uh, <laughs> Remind me sitting in the uh, sitting in the bushes, you know, watching. Right. <laughs> I like to watch. <laughs> Good God! But anyway, yeah. So I mean, WWE really did pull out all the stops. They 
they even ran a show in the garden after this, but I guess Madison Square Garden themselves, the management team came out and they were like, we would lose a crap ton of money if we canceled the show or told them no or whatever. WWE isn't going to keep running here. They've basically moved on to the Barclays. So they did. Yeah. Is, they were yeah, in the so, Barclays the moment this was happening because the Hall of Fame was going on. I remember watching the results of that whole Bret Hart incident with the fan who attacked him. I heard about right. it while sitting at the garden watching the show. That was the first one that they did where with uh, in the arena with the ring in the yeah. in the center surrounded by people. So, but yeah, this <laughs> it ended up happening because, like I said, the garden came out and was like, "What financial incentive is there for us to say no to them just to make you happy?" Because WWE basically had to admit they're like, "Yeah, we're we're not really going to run a lot of shows there." They're like, "Okay." So, I mean, I don't blame them. And it's, Apparently the television rights are huge. Yeah. Well, what the hell was, was WWE going to do? Never go to the Garden ever again? Like, give me a break. Like, that was never in the realm of possibilities, no matter what Vince McMahon would say. So, and like I said, I think they ended up running a show there shortly after this, didn't they? Like, I think it was just a house show, but... I think that was the one where AJ won the United States title. Yeah, yeah it might have been, yeah. But, uh... Oh, uh, here's here's a reference to something that is now in the archives. It's been confirmed that Kota Ibushi is all in, meaning that he will be at the Super Indie Show All In on September first. And this was pre AEW, by the way, uh, actually one year prior to AEW. And ironically, they don't even own the rights to this freaking event still. <laughs> they don't own the rights to oh the the footage. Okay, yeah. Who the hell was? Is it Ring of Honor that owns? I think it's New Japan. That's weird. Of well, I I would assume they would own a fraction of it. Maybe they're just not wanting. You know, they're pretty they're pretty stingy with their uh, their footage. I found because it's like if something is co owned, they'll be like, well, if we can't get exclusive rights to it, then nobody gets to ho- to show it on their service. Like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, uh, for anybody that doesn't know. Wait, we covered all in a couple of years ago. Now in the archives, <laughs> the show was okay, but, and they're bringing the name back this year. Uh, AEW is for Wembley, but that was a. It was billed kind of as a, a big indie show, but it was like Ring of Honor was mostly in on it, and it came out one. after. Yeah, and it came out afterwards when AEW started up. Ring of Honor was like, yeah, we were kind of lied to. Uh, and and uh, BSed around to be a part of this. They're like, if we would have known that they were pretty much just using us to go start their own promotion, then we would have said, hell no, we're not participating in that. A lot of people don't remember uh, the Elite were all signed to Ring of Honor at this time. Speaking of all that, uh, Chris Jericho is rec- was recently interviewed for Inside the Ropes, saying, quote, I got asked to do New Japan's Strong Style Evolved show in Long Beach, and I said no. I got asked to do a G1 special at San Francisco's Cal Palace. I said no. I got asked to do All In. I said no. I don't want to do that. You should see how many indie promoters have contacted me over the last six months. God, get out of your head. (laughs) Uh, He followed that up by saying, quote, I'm doing all these different things and enjoying the freedom, but still rooted in the respect for Vince McMahon and the WWE. And I don't want to do anything that goes too far over that line right now. Uh, I mean, he doesn't wrestle at all in, 
but he is there. I don't know if you remember after Pentagon's. Yeah, he comes out as the as the painmaker, right? No, he was. Uh, he came out. Uh, it was Pentagon or Penta L Zero M, whatever. Uh, him versus Kenny Omega, and after the match, the lights go out, and when they come back on, uh, Chris Jericho is dressed as Pentagon, and he's like laying on the mat where okay, Pentagon yeah, was. I, I remember he was dressed as something. Yeah, and then uh, Kenny turns his back, and Jericho stands up, takes the mask off, and shows that it's him, and he beats the crap out of Kenny Omega. I feel and like it, when I was watching this back, the fans knew that was Jericho. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, it. he did a decent job. You know, it's like it fooled me for like a second. And then I was like, wait a minute, something ain't right. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he was there. I don't know about the New Japan stuff, but <sighs> this doesn't last long. And then shocker, shocker, you know, he comes out, he, he signs with AEW right off the bat. He also talked about in the same interview, he talked about how much money he made. Oh my God, I made so much money over the past uh, year that I've been gone and yada yada. Like, cool, I guess. Like, good for you, I, whatever. Uh, Matt Cardona bre- does this day. Matt Cardona talks about how much money he makes. It's all he talks about, he jerks himself off to. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, it's like, dude, this guy like, you look like you're, a complete douche. Like, yeah, and you're also wrestling in front of nobody. Right. He's celebrating and, GCW titles and stuff. Like, Yeah, you're getting all tore up and cut up and wrestling people that have no business being in a ring. Like, come on, man. Dude, he's the deathmatch king. He fought Nick Gage. Oh, it means something. Hell yeah, yeah. It means I never want to watch his crap ever again. <laughs> That's what it means to me. I, I like how like disdain and hate of Nick Gage brings WWE fans and AEW fans together. Do AEW fans not like him? I've heard quite a few. Just like, why the hell was he on the show when he fought Jericho? Well, because they thought. You know, he meant something. It's like, no, dude. He had it just because he had a Dark Side of the Ring episode. I'm sorry. That's he what did, did it. Ac- right. I'm sorry, but uh, he didn't come across sympathetic to me in that episode. I looked at him and was like, wow. Uh, just why? I'm like, why do you think I want to watch him now? Like, no, thank you. The murder, <sighs> death, kill game. <laughs> yeah, because that. I should tell you everything you need to know about that dude right there. <laughs> yeah, I. That that seems like something that like an angsty middle school kid is scratching on his custom yeah, uh, right? paper cover. Like, <laughs> y- you know, when you had to make them book covers out of paper bags yep. and you could draw on them. Like he's just scratching that on there. Oh, MDK, man, isn't that cool? It stands for murder, death, kill. <laughs> like, yeah, but what does it mean? Oh, it means murder and death and kill. Right. Heaven. Stupid. I have never seen anything he and he almost killed a national treasure, David Arquette. How dare you? Former WCW champion. Allegedly. No, those Sorry, allegedly. What? I saw the footage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, David Arquette admitted it. He's like, yeah, he damn near slipped my throat. I think he himself admitted it. he was like, Oh, I thought I just killed him. Like, that's what you get for being a moron. Like, good grief, man. Like, oh, when I get out there, I just want to slice people up. And then freaking and the thing is, like, Moxley wrestled him, quote-unquote wrestled, and he's like, oh, I thought he cut my tongue off, whatever. And I was like, oh, crap, whatever. And he's just like, ah, oh, you know, it's just a day at the office. Like, no, dude, this isn't normal. God. I th- Look, this, I'm, I'm saying this now, like, this was just, like, anecdotal stuff I've heard from people who used to know him back in the day that wrestled with him back in Cincinnati. So I... I'm not confirming any Moxley, of this. Moxley, right? 
Yes. Pronouns, pal. Yeah, right. Yeah, John Moxley. Uh, people have have insinuated that well, you do that deathmatch stuff, or he does. You know, people like him do that deathmatch stuff so that they can hurt themselves, go to the doctor, and then get loaded up on pain pills. Allegedly. Well, he's also rehab for being alcoholic, so there's that. Yeah, uh, he has a track record. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he did or didn't. Same and a wife that looks like that. <laughs> right. Uh, somebody pointed out one time she had like marks on her neck that almost look like choke marks or something like that, or like finger marks like where she'd been choked. And they're like, ah, you can tell what she likes. <laughs> I'll just say, don't 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 accuse him of being abusive. That could be, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh no, I'm not a. No, I don't think. Yeah. No, but what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, well, he doesn't just like it, like doing rough stuff in the ring. If you catch my drift, giggity. (laughs) Hopefully, he doesn't bring forks into the bedroom. But that's all I'm saying. Right, fork Uh, and spoon and knife. Good God! Yeah, I like the spoon after I fork. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, well, he does bring a screwdriver in the bedroom if you if you know what I mean. Orange juice in it too, right? Yeah, I, I see what you did there. Yeah, I wish you move on. It's getting uh, weird. Anyway, <laughs> this uh, these next couple of stories are straight out of MMA, but they are related to wrestling. So. Good God! An industry source, so take that for what you will, told the Good Los God. Angeles told the Los Angeles Times that UFC 225 did a less than 150 thousand buys on pay per view, which was pretty that? much. What was the meaning of that? Let me see. Well, two twenty five. You said yes, but that would it says that would pretty much end the last argument for CM Punk being in UFC. For anybody well, does, and Yo Romero. I mean, that's not exactly a marquee fight, but it's one I would watch. Colby Covington and Rafael dos Anjos. Hi, Tuivasa, Andre Olovsky. This doesn't seem like a bad card, but every fight did go to decision for its worth. So. Yeah, it's not like a crap card, but uh, but the thing is, like you and I talked about, they didn't know this going in. They just saw the card and went, nope. So if I think that was the final straw. CM Punk was gone after that. But I don't know. Uh, another one, though, per the Wrestling Observer newsletter, there's apparently been at least some talk of Brock Lesnar showing up at UFC 226 on uh, July 7th and challenging the winner of the Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier fight. That happens. Yeah, I, didn't he get into a shoving match with Cormier? He did, yeah. And never went anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, nothing happened. I was like, oh, we're going to shove each other. It's going to be super unprofessional. And nothing. And it's gone. Oh, whatever. I, I don't get that one. <sighs> Obviously, they were they were hoping for something, but just never materialized. You know what ticks me off about that is the... The next fight that Cormier had was with Stipe. I was at that fight. That means that could have been Cormier and Brock. I was, oh, man. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember this fight was personal between you and I because Stipe is obviously a Cleveland guy and Cormier is from your neck of the woods. So Now. Where is he from originally? I believe he's from Louisiana. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he, he lives out there, right? He's also Cali. a 49er fan, so screw him. Oh, well, a mutual well, friend of ours will appreciate well, that. Gonna hear that I get this, but... <laughs> it's okay, I can say that. I go to more Niners games than I do Raiders games nowadays anyways. Yeah, well, that driving distance is palpable, so. <laughs> right. 
Well, anyway, uh, that brings us to our last story, and it's WWE-related, but it fits into a certain segment that has been absent from the podcast for a while, so I wanted to hit it now. What the f*** is this piece of sh- That is one big pile of sh- Oh, that's right. It is the return of... That is one big pile of shit. So... <laughs> Uh, you, I'm sure you'll remember this once I start talking about it, but I did not know a lot of this stuff. This is uh, it's a little weird. But Dr. Chris Amon, WWE's senior ringside physician, may have lost more than a court case when a jury found for CM Punk and Colt Cabana in the defamation suit that he brought against the pair for their 2014 podcast discussing Punk's time in WWE. Uh, first yeah, of all... That podcast ruined a lot of things, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, first of all, I gotta say, I I didn't really keep up with it. I had no idea that he lost that. I thought he won, or at least got a settlement out of it, but apparently not. But either way, to continue on, evidence definitely pointed to the doctors discussing patient information via text, violating HIPAA privacy regulations, and poor record-keeping, including dispensing medication without documentation. As if those missteps weren't damaging enough— Reporting from David Bixenspan for Deadspin points uh, to a serious ethical violation, which Amon himself confirmed in pretrial depositions, and WWE doesn't seem too happy about it. Defense questioning during depositions revealed Amon had a romantic and sexual relationship with former WWE superstar Jillian Hall. First of all, good for him. Second of all, uh, the timeline for that relationship, which the doctor confirmed, points to it going on while Hall was assigned to Raw, and Amon was the lone doctor for that brand, meaning she was technically his patient. None of this was introduced in trial, as Amon's legal team filed motions to exclude it. Somewhat ironically, those motions were what led to Bixen's span to the documentation, uh, which were not sealed. Perhaps worst of all for Amon, whose WWE's contract, uh, Wrestling Observer, says expires in October this year, is that his bosses say that they didn't know about his relationship with Hall. And when Deadspin asked them for comment, they weren't happy. Damn. Yeah, I believe he was fired at like right after this, wasn't he, if I remember correctly? Uh, no clue, honestly. That's the one thing, like I said, I didn't know that he lost it at, at uh, you know, he lost that suit. But uh, I did hear something about that he was let go or something like that. Well, now we know why. He's dipping uh, his pen in the company. Yeah, right. It's like, maybe don't sleep around with your patients. It's a little unethical. And then on top of that, uh, the fact that, like, what was this? Uh, he, you know, discussing patient information via text, violating HIPAA privacy regulations, poor record keeping, uh, dispensing medication without documentation. Good God, man. Where did they find this guy? I think he's uh, Dr. Zahorian's son. Yeah, right. Does he walk in the room and go, hi, everybody? <laughs> hi, Dr. Nick. But yeah, this dude, just wow. I got my medical license from a Cracker Jack box. Four more and I get a Dakota ring. <laughs> That's just pathetic. But yeah, I think after all of that, we can comfortably say that is one big pile of shit. Even as is, it, is it all true? If it's all true, is it? Apparently it is. It was all in court documents. He admitted to it. Hmm. There you go. Another big pile of shit is, like you mentioned, that podcast they did. Good 
God. Yeah, that thing just ruined like French like relationships, almost like family. Martin Punk and Cobain like brothers. Pretty much. Man, that's just terrible. Yep. You know, it's like I don't think Colt Cobain has said like jack squat about punk in public. And if he has, I haven't really seen much about it. But it's like it, it's always punk saying something. And I realize he was asked questions and he was answering, but it's like, man, he didn't have to go that freaking. Hard, if you go back man. and watch, you're talking about the presser, right? They the all yeah. out presser. Yeah, or as they call brawl it, out. No, brawl out. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go back and listen to it, dude, like, he was only asked like one thing, and he just went like wrote a damn novel about it. Yeah, he so, lives with his mom, and he he shares a bank account with his mom. Like for God's sake, dude, where to bury the guy? Like how? Like what did he do to you, man? Like did he f you over that bad? Because it sounds like like Colt has kind of a reason to be pissed at him because he got dragged into that lawsuit because of punk. So it's kind of the situation like when uh, was it Brett Favre for Scotty Goldman money? That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, wasn't it Brett Favre that sued uh, Pat McAfee because of something somebody else said on his show? Well, I think it was uh, him and uh, his whole group. They were making jokes and stuff like that. Oh, not jokes. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> I know. I, I just like <laughs> it's like it, it probably was just jokes and he got butthurt about it. But I don't know. Well, you also remember, like, a billion people listen to McAfee's show, so that's contaminating a jury, jury pool, so... I mean, I'm not oh, saying the jury is all listeners to his show, I'm just saying... You know. Yeah. Well, was it something about uh, what a, a court case of his? Yeah, that whole so Mississippi welfare scandal thing. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I could see why he might be a little pissed, but, like, come on, man. You're, if, they're, if they're making jokes about you and you're in the, the public limelight, you know, you're a hot topic, like... I don't know, but I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I just pretend to be one on the podcast. That's why I'm careful what I say on here. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, you might get an angry Von Erichs fan suing your <laughs> right. ass. Hey, I'm not stupid. I don't shoot off my mouth like some hysterical woman, okay? Jeez. Ah, God. <laughs> That's a little line for the show before anybody says anything. Well, we're going to take our next, po- our next break here. We're going to get into the event at hand. It's Money in the Bank. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, hey, it's alright, good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slow you might Take it easy Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts And on YouTube Find all of our links on our link tree At linktr.ee forward slash main event marks 
we're back. We're back. It's WWE Money in the Bank 2018. Took place June 17th, 2018. The tagline, the irresistible force meets the baddest woman on the planet. I like how that was like the most like publicized is, match on the card. Why is that the match? <laughs> I know. It's like, I guess because Ronda was a hot commodity at the time. It, I don't know. Now she's just hot. But anyway. Uh, the venue was the Allstate Arena in the Chicago suburb of Rosemont, Illinois. I think you make people don't realize that this place is not in Chicago. Right. I mean, I, hell, yeah. I didn't even know that until you and I got there. <laughs> yeah, this is not where the Bulls play. That's what, Nor what is, is that? where they ever played. Right. Yeah, this is just a, another arena. Kind of weird. I feel like this is easier to get to because, like you said, it's not in the city. So I'd rather go here. Uh, plus, they got a bunch of restaurants and stores and stuff all around there, so I, I like that. You can stop. And there's a Target with no figures there, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, between the fog machine going all damn night and me screaming my head off, I had to stop in and get some lozenges from Target on the way out. I also pissed off a group of people because uh, I turned around and they kept doing the Adam Cole baby stuff, and <laughs> finally I turned around and went, Michael Cole baby! Jackass. They gave me a look like they wanted to murder me. And I was like, all right, let's go. And I, I stepped away and told them I'm not with him. So I'm like, come on. Like, no it's like I do on this podcast where you put crap and threw your ass under the bus. <laughs> Good God. Well, the attendance for this one was 15,214. We open right with a match, which is a novel concept for a wrestling pay-per-view, I'll say. But this is Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass, a.k.a. Big, Big Bill. Bill. <laughs> it's Brian Danielson versus Big Bill in about 16 and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, man. So after a running knee from Brian, he locks they in a were, knee bar. They really thought Big Cass was going to be something on his own, didn't they? Oh, they tried. And I'll say, like, I, I don't know if they were going to totally kill it after a while. But the reason they did was he made an ass out of himself and they had to, they had to fire oh, him. Big ass out of himself. <laughs> big ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, was this, what was his reason again? What did he do? Uh, I know he was like really high strung and like kind of crappy backstage, like mouthing off a lot. Uh, there was some, there was some talk of like he was kind of open with his political beliefs and you know in a pretty contentious time. And uh, then there was a thing about he thought they were on a tour bus in I want to say Europe. And he would use it was one of those with like a, a bathroom in the back of it. And he thought they were ribbing him and locked him in. But really, he like the handle was just kind of stuck and he freaking just busted the damn door down. So they couldn't use the bathroom for the rest of the tour because he broke the door off. So that got him a lot of heat. <laughs> okay. uh, look, there's a reason him and Enzo were, you know, they got along for a while. All right. That's all I'm saying. It reunited at that uh, New Japan show in the garden that we were talking about earlier to bring it back to that. Right. Yeah. Because it was, uh, wasn't it Big Kaz? He's, and then uh, Enzo? I think, I think it was Kaz XL, if I remember right. I know he went, but yeah, it might have been that. And then, yeah, an Enzo. Like, ooh. Whatever. But either way, after a running knee from Brian, he locks in a knee bar on Big Cass and wins via submission. This may simultaneously be Daniel Bryan's worst match ever and Big Cass's best match ever. Uh, 
Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two. I said Daniel Bryan was trying, man. Man, he had his working boots on and it just wasn't. And he had a load to carry in this. Do you one, realize, man. like, towards at the end of this match, dude, he was like drenched in sweat, like more than usual. That's, <laughs> that's telling to me, dude. Yeah, I was like, what? Why, man? Like, why is this a thing? This went on for a while. Like, I get it. Daniel Bryan's like one of the best in the world, but no. If anything, this just makes Cass look worse by comparison. Put him in there with Zippy the Pinhead or almost. See how good he is. (laughs) God. Uh, You know, I I will say. I do not want to see that. (laughs) Right. I will say, I don't think almost is that bad. He's not great by any measure, but I don't think he's as bad as, you know, some, especially when you compare him to other like big dudes that they've tried to push in the past couple decades. He's really not that bad. Yeah, but having a great match with Seth Rollins does help your appearance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, him and him and uh, Brock was was kind of fun. Uh, I I enjoyed that one. I, it wasn't anything that's going to go on a match of the year ballot or anything like that. But it was Just all right. for yourself. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, we go. I agree. It was worse. It was way worse. Way worse. <laughs> but, call yeah. Ian. Going back to Zippy. Yeah, uh, any of the any of the big Indian dudes that they've watched uh, in the last few years, uh, the audience. any of them. What's that guy's Silva, name? Yeah. yeah, Silva. And then, uh, well, Giant Gonzalez. I mean, any of them. He's he's fine. But uh, anyway, we go back to the new day backstage. Big E is literally pouring water all over himself and drinking it. Like, what the hell? Did he just eat a ghost pepper? But Xavier Woods is searching on a laptop for something. They say somebody they tell to... him the camera's already on. He does not need to seek attention. <laughs> well, they say they need to determine which one of them will be in Money in the Bank tonight. A wild Kevin Owens appears, carrying a garbage <laughs> bag full of pancakes. New That's Day the big flips... O. Yeah. <laughs> New Day flips out, and Owens says that he also comes with bottles of syrup. Being from Canada, that's probably oh, yeah. some good shit, pal. Saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, right. Seemed like a layup to me. But <laughs> yep. Uh, well, he even says he's like, I-, I come with like the with the finest Canadian maple syrup. Like, <laughs> yep, there you go. But Owens asks which of them will be in Money in the Bank, and they won't tell him. Owens says that if uh, they don't know. Right. Owens then asks if they'll help him take out Braun Strowman for him. Uh, Kofi says that they're not cheaters. But Owens says that it's only common sense. They seem to be warming up to this idea until Kevin Owens says that he hates pancakes, bootios, and all breakfast foods. This reminds me of a line from Parks and Recreation where uh, um, Amy Poehler's character asks Ron Swanson, why do people eat anything but breakfast food? And Ron says, because people are idiots, Leslie. But then the New Day damn near explodes over this revelation. They kick Owens out of their locker room and he flips out over Braun Strowman. Brown what? Strongman. Brown Snowman. Ironically, because he couldn't be whiter. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he's a big meathead dude, bro. So that screams white all over it. And the white frat boys. And that stupid up. haircut he has, too. Oh, God, yeah. You can count the amount of dumbass haircuts he's had through the years. Oh, right now he's probably got his best one ever. Uh, I forget what his hair looks like off the top of my he's head. Just- 
He's just bald now. <laughs> oh, well, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Didn't he have some, like, weird, like, uh, almost like a double mohawk-type deal going for a while? Shaved some shape in it? I don't remember that, but now he's bald, has a thick beard, and pierced nipples, so. Yeah, yeah can, nothing says I'm over and <laughs> intimidating like pierced nipples. <laughs> Good God, man. It's gross. But anyway, up next, it is Sammy Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. This goes about six and a half minutes. Bob Lashley. It's crazy to see the evolution of Lashley and Zayn from this to where they are now. Yep. Like, I always liked Lashley, but Lashley was so, like, generic right here. It was like, eh, I don't know. They, okay, I didn't write say, in my notes. Did he have the headband on in this? He did, yeah. I don't know why he did. It was just the most ridiculous looking thing. Why are you wearing a damn headband? You look like a fool. I guess it made him kind of stand out a little bit, but at the same time, it was like, that was basically his gimmick for a while. He, looked like, he looked like somebody in the background of a Richard Simmons workout video. <laughs> he looked like the Ty Bo guy. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, no he, way, it, dude. He dwarfs that fool. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it just, it looks so dumb. It, like, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll say I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the headband. It was okay, but it was like, that was his gimmick. I'm the big black guy with the headband. Cool. Or for Hulk Hogan, right? I guess so. I, and as we all know, he is a brother. So. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> wow, way, you said that. <laughs> it's usually yeah. you, so I had to get one in this time. <laughs> Uh, Lashley wins with a stalling vertical suplex. Woohoo. So the best thing. You know, I can it say is about- more impressive when he does it with one arm, though. It is, but still, like, eh, you won off that? The best thing I can say about this match is mid. Uncle Dave gives it a star and a quarter. I have a I dose. It's a lot better now. But... Yeah, no, I gave it one. Sure. This was terrible. Yeah. This whole feud was terrible. Remember they had the three dudes coming out dressed like women and they were supposed to be Lashley's sisters? Yeah, hey, hey, fun fact. One of those was Max Caster. I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I know one of them went on to do something, but I forgot who. Because like, they showed like, in the build-up package here. I'm like, oh, there, there he is. He should have been like, scissor me, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Good crap, pal. Dude, this just, this whole feud sucked. I didn't understand half of the motivations here. It's like, Why? Because why not? Uh, I guess. Or, uh, in other words... Me, right? The big F you. Yeah. We go backstage now where Nia Jax is talking to a referee about beating up Ronda Rousey. Why would he care? Uh, we then go to Ronda Rousey shadowboxing in front of Natalia. And uh, sure. Nia's a big woman, but I still fear for her safety against legit Ronda Rousey. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good pairing, actually, between these two. Uh, it, you know, it made sense. Man, Nia Jax, like, overacted like crazy, man. <laughs> was it just me? She, like, nope. screamed about everything. That's where we get the remember, famous, like, Do you remember how over she was at WrestleMania in New Orleans? Yeah, I do. Like, you and I talked about I mean, that. You we kind of died here. You realize that? Yeah, a bit. Well, they were kind of, because Ronda was the, the new hot thing, and... Uh, she was kind of old news at this point. So. Been a couple of months. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you and I talked about that now in the archives. We did uh, WrestleMania 34 earlier this year. And uh, yeah, she got a, a huge reaction in, in New Orleans. So, 
that's uh that's how you make somebody not give a damn you know a short amount of time but i you know the overacting comes down to if anybody remembers the crap about where she landed on her ass on the apron and yells my hole still understand that yeah like why did you yell that even if you did hurt your butthole like why did you yell (laughs) it's funny pal ha she's talking about her asshole God dang it, pal. Put it on a shirt. You say asshole, but butthole's funnier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it really is. But before the next match, Elias is sitting in the middle of the ring while the crowd goes nuts. He wastes a ton of time strumming on his guitar and asking, who wants to walk with Elias? He says that Rollins looks like a, or rather, uh, Rollins took a piece of his soul. So tonight, he's going to take the Intercontinental title. This turns into a well. He is Jesus, you know. I mean, uh, which one? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this turns one, into one of them's a... uh, strumming Jesus. One of them's CrossFit Jesus. That's right. Good God. Well, the the one is Hobo Jesus, <laughs> or in shape Hobo Jesus. But this turns into a segment like Vince McMahon would apparently used to say about The Rock, where he'd say he's shitting on him, but he's shitting ice cream. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it's uh, said. I still find it funny that he's not really done anything. Like he's over as hell. Right. His matches are hit or miss. He's fine, but yeah, he's been like incredibly over it multiple times in his career, and it's just like, eh, they don't do anything with him. Like, why? I, I like. I feel like he's doing everything he's supposed to. I don't know. But yeah, uh, he should go to AEW. He looks like a damn uh, car mechanic. So he probably get pushed. <laughs> Uh, he's hey, uh, he can do the same thing like uh, Max Payne slash uh, Man Mountain Rock used to do. Oh, Everywhere he went, he, he had to do some rock star gimmick. The overweight rock star. But remember, the, remember he was the drifter. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, that was the original thing down in NXT. It was who wants to walk with the drifter? And then it was. And he had a second name too. Yeah. What? What the Elias Sampson? That's it. Kind of like Elias better. Like he doesn't really. You know, it kind of fits with his gimmick. You know, the the rocks, the drifting rock star kind of thing. Just Elias. Also, like, he's a musician. You know, musicians just have one name anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Prince or Madonna. Prince who? It's <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, line from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, uh, it's a symbol. Like Prince. Prince who? <laughs> good God. Uh, now, well, I miss Uncle Phil. Yeah, right. Uh, personally, when uh, when I think of Elias, I think of uh, the ner- the nerdy virgin Christian kid from Clerks Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say what you want about Jesus, Randall, but leave the rings out of this. <sighs> anyway, we'll uh, walk towards your effing mountain. <laughs> this is uh, Seth Rollins defending the WWE Intercontinental Title against Elias in seventeen. So minutes. weird seeing him with the undercard title. Yeah. Right. Well, spoiler alert, Seth Rollins is super over. A little bit. Yeah, dude, he's he's never not been over. But to this day. Right, he will just love this guy. Give him, give him everything. But, you know, I love, like I said, I like Elias, but who the hell decided to give him and Big Cass both over a quarter of an hour in their matches? Like, well, look at the wrestling, to be fair. It's not like they're wrestling chumps. Well, yeah, I even... I mean, I when you talk I, about the best wrestler in the world, a lot of people, these two guys are in their top fives, or their top yeah. one. 
Oh. Plus, what I was going to say, it's like I know they're I know they're facing the best in the world, but I, I I don't care. Like it's 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 too much. Although I will admit this this match was a hell of a lot better than the one Brian got at Big Cass. I was but, say, I, I think that Elias is a little bit better than Big Cass, though. Just a wee bit. But uh, Seth must have uh, bit his tongue at one point because he's bleeding out of the mouth. In the end, Rollins. I just thought he took with, communion. <laughs> good God. Uh, Rollins rolls through with an O'Connor roll, holds the pants and the belt of Elias, and retains his title. Uncle <laughs> Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it three. Let's say you. Yeah, three. Pretty good. Best we've seen of on the night so far. After this, though, we get a commercial for Extreme Rules. And Extreme now... Rules. Yeah. Uh, well... Well, no, never mind. I'm thinking of TLC. I, you remember that one year it was uh, tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs? Oh, good grief, yes. Yeah, because that made it better. Let's have a stairs match, because, you know, that's interesting. And you know, you know what's going to make it good? Putting Big Slow and Eric, uh, Eric Rowan in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because when I think of five-star <laughs> matches, first, I think of the, the central weapon being the stairs. And secondly, <laughs> I think of Big Show and Eric Redbeard F. and Rowan. Good uh, God. Captain Insano and Eric Redbeard. Show no mercy. <laughs> oh, that match showed no mercy. It sucked. Then anyway. uh, I think Eric Rowan caught one, uh, kind of like uh, the point in the head, right? He had like a knot on his head for like a month. I don't remember, honestly. I tried I to wash so. the whole thing out of my mind. I don't blame you. <laughs> this next match, it is the women's Money in the Bank match. It's Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Amber Moon, Lana, Natalia, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and Charlotte Flair. My first uh, note on here is one of these is not like the others. Can you guess which one? <laughs> Probably Lana. Yep. Why is she in this? Well, you look at this cast of characters here. Sasha, gone in New Japan, as we mentioned. Becky's still there and doing big things. Ember Moon's gone. She's uh, Athena in AEW. Lana's gone. Doing, over there, yeah. Yeah, Lana's doing nothing, I guess, sitting at home. Uh, Natalia's still there, supposedly about to retire anytime now. Uh, Naomi's gone. She's in Impact as uh, uh, Trinity. And Alexa and Charlotte are still there, kinda. But I say kinda because uh, I don't think either one of them are wrestling right now, are they? Uh, no. Yeah, so. This goes 18 minutes and 30 seconds. So, oddly enough, Alana gets a big pop for her entrance. That uh, kind of shocked me a bit. Uh, Lana Actually, down. she's not actually doing nothing. She was actually at Backlash. Lana? Yeah, she was in the crowd. <laughs> Why the hell would you, of all things, she went all the way to Puerto Rico to, to be in the crowd? I guess okay. so. That's a weird one. But Lana locks in a crappy-looking camel clutch on Alexa Bliss at one point. In the end, Alexa shoves the ladder over with Becky Lynch on top of it, climbs the ladder, and retrieves a briefcase to win. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three and a half. Let's say you. I gave it three. It was... It was the most tolerable good match I've ever seen. <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I liked it. Uh, I didn't think it was no damn four stars, but you know it was, it was pretty damn good. Uh, I just remember I was pissed off at both of the Money in the Bank results this night. I was just like, you know what? Throw it all out. Just throw the whole pay-per-view out. I'm done with it. But Alexa does her patented pose with the briefcase on top of the ladder, 
as all the loser women look up at her in anger. I all the loser women. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I mean, I personally look at her husband with anger, but either way. Uh, wow. Well, yeah. If you see if you ever saw on TV, you could. Yeah. Backstage, Kurt Angle is chuckling to Paige and says that he's excited that a Raw superstar won the women's Money in the Bank match. Paige says she's hopeful that a SmackDown superstar will win the men's Money in the Bank match. And then Kurt makes it seem well. like... <laughs> ah, well, I guess. Well. Dude, SmackDown got shit on in this era. Constantly. Was it, was always still, it was still always a better show, too, in this era. As of right now, too. Was it... Was it this Survivor Series this year where they got shut out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what, like I like how Vince is like, ha ha, we're going to shit on him, pal. It's not the flagship. And, and it never paid off. Like, if it paid off with something, like, you know, storyline-wise, or it was significant, all right, whatever. But they just buried it. Like, they were basically telling you, oh, those are the losers on, on SmackDown. Watch Raw instead. And like you said, SmackDown was consistently the better show in this era. Still is to this day. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't freaking get it. Uh, but either way, Kurt makes it seem like he's going to snipe some SmackDown talent tonight. Baron Corbin walks up looking like a casino bouncer and tells Kurt that he needs to step it up so that uh, he doesn't disappoint Stephanie McMahon. Paige reminds us that Baron unsuccessfully cashed in his Money in the Bank contract last year. And then Corbin tells Kurt to get it done. Dude, this segment was painfully scripted. Like, the wording was so, like, goofy. Like, God, am I watching adults converse here? Either way. Up next, it is Jinder Mahal. With Sunil Singh in his corner, taking on Roman Reigns in 15 minutes, 45 seconds. Yet another match that shouldn't have gone a quarter of an hour. Jin- Roman is great. Gender, he's another one of them that's like, man, Roman had his working boots on, man. This is when they, the fans did not like Roman that much either. You could tell. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Sunil Singh is damn near in a body cast and sitting in a wheelchair. We get a CM Punk chant during this match. Because, ah, of I course. Yeah, they're in Chicago. They don't like Roman. Therefore, CM Punk. Now nobody wants him. <laughs> well, I should say, they say that online that they don't want him, but if he showed up on an AEW show, everybody would cry again. They don't want him. They need him. Bro, CM Punk showed up. I cried, bro. Anyway, we find out during this match that Sunil is faking it because he gets up at one point and shoves Roman face first into the ring post. Jinder got his like left cheek or left eyebrow or something busted open. Later on, Sunil tries to shove Roman again, but Roman stops, and then Superman punches Singh, then Jinder, and then spears Sunil. Uh, Roman finally wins with a spear. This match actually surprised me for its quality yet again. Uh, I gave it three. Uncle Dave gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it three. Pretty good. Uh, like I said, Roman had his working boots on, man. That should qualify. Jinder doesn't suck. It's just like kind of boring at times. I don't know. His run as WWE champion is just so forgettable. Like, really? You? All right. <laughs> but we get a promo for the WWE teaming with the Special Olympics, and they showcase a few athletes. 
Up next, it is Carmella defending the WWE SmackDown Women's Title against Asuka in 11 minutes, 10 seconds. This match, man. Near the end, someone gets on the apron wearing Asuka's robe and mask. Asuka stares for about an eternity at this person. Like, <laughs> I, I forgot who it was when I watched this back, honestly. I was like, I think I know who it is, but they've got lady hands, so I'm going to wait. <laughs> I, I'm, I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, she, dude, she effing, do you realize that? She stared for like 10 minutes at this guy. Yep. I'm like, is this, like, who gives a crap? You're in a match, man. But the person takes a mask off to reveal it's <gasps> James Ellsworth. Right. Yay. And the crowd went mild. But Carmella then super kicks Asuka in the freeze and wins. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it a dose. What say you? I gave it let me see, I gave it one. I also not liked it. <laughs> yeah, Carmella was hot, and then that damn bell had to ring. Her matches were boring as hell, too. <sighs> but either way. I've been seeing her for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, I heard she was pregnant. I saw the video online of her telling her stepkids. But we're going to stepmother's hug. <laughs> good God. They all seem to really love her, which is cool because it's not always the case. But uh, and I think uh, didn't they say beforehand, like uh, Corey said, his daughter was like a huge Carmella fan. Yep. And then ended up becoming. Oh, but his son is too. Yeah, right. Like, hey, quit taking pictures of your stepmom. Uh, they show headlines now about Ronda Rousey in newspapers and magazines. And then they show tweets from AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura to build up this next match. And now we are here. AJ Styles defending the WWE title against Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. This one goes for 31 minutes, 15 seconds for a bloodless match. This is pretty damn brutal. Uh, They wrestle in the ring and through the crowd. The last third of the match takes place like outside of the ring. Styles ends up winning by hitting a phenomenal forearm, jumping from the inside of the ring to Nakamura outside of the ring and putting him through the commentary table. He gets up just at the count of eight, but Nakamura does not. Uncle Dave gives this four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it four. It's pretty damn good. I don't like that I'm agreeing with this idiot so much. I will say I, I obviously liked their matches in WWE. But I feel like Styles had better opponents. Like, for instance, like Cena. But either way, we roll right into the next match. It is Nia Jax defending the WWE Raw Women's title against Ronda Rousey in 11 minutes, 5 seconds. Nia mostly ragdolls Ronda, and Ronda keeps going for submissions to get out of the situations. Ronda finally gets a hold of Nia's arm, and Nia can't stop her from locking in an armbar. Before she can, however, Alexa Bliss runs in and slams her briefcase into Rousey's back, drawing a DQ for Ronda Rousey. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two. I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought they matched up well. But (laughs) you want to talk about sweating. You see Ronda Rousey's just like freaking dripping (laughs) like Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Like, man, she's working it, man. And... You know, they say that, you know, wrestling cardio is a lot different from any other kind of cardio. And it, it really is true. 
the only way you can, and they always stress this too. They're like, you're not going to, you can do all the cardio all day and it is going to help you. But unless you're actually in the ring, like having matches, it's not the same kind of thing. Because it's a lot of hurry up, stop, hurry up, stop. I tell everybody cardio is my number one at the gym. After this match, Alexa Bliss beats down both Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey with the Money in the Bank briefcase. She throws Ronda outside of the ring and tosses her over to the commentary table. <laughs> Here we go. I pay some good money for a media beat up like that by her. Yeah, right. But uh, she tosses Ronda over the uh, commentary table before beating Nia up some more with the case. She now cashes in the money in the bank contract. And here we go, man. Uh, It is Nia Jax defending the Raw Women's title against Alexa Bliss. And this goes for 35 seconds. So I think you all kind of can figure how this one's going if you don't know already. Either way, uh, Naya is still standing and looks like she can fight, but Alexa kicks her leg out from under her, hits a DDT. From her leg. <laughs> Go for Kick the leg. leg out of her leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <sighs> but anyway, she then hits Twisted Bliss for the title. I can't win. stand. You can't fight. <laughs> yeah, about all this, I just said, meh. Uh, did you you didn't rate this, did you? Because it was like half oh, a minute. It's a, it's a half a minute cashing. Yeah, there you go. The crowd went nuts. I feel like I was the only one. Like I've, I'm impressed by certain things with Alexa Bliss. Uh, yeah, me her too. Being the, her being the champion is not one of those things. I have never given a like. I don't know. A certain friend of mine, he's obsessed with her. Me, eh. But Nia Jax gets uh, right up to her feet as Alexa takes off with the Raw women's title. And there you go. But we now get another commercial for Extreme Rules for a promo for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And that brings us to our second to last break of the night. On the other end of this, we're diving into the main event. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. It is the men's money in the bank match. It is Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Rusev, Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, The Miz, Braun Strowman, and Kofi Kingston. Bob Roode. 
This goes just shy of 20 minutes. Uh, I, I, speaking of him, I was super shocked to hear his, the news about him, man. Like, news. he's going to be out until 2025. Yeah, there's a lot of people on the injury reserve now. Yeah, well, I guess he had neck surgery and it didn't take, so, or, or no, that wasn't it. He got uh, one vertebrae, vertebrae fused, and now he's got to get another one fused. So they said he's going to be out until 2025. Like, holy crap. Like, that's bad when you're really young. He's not exactly a spring chicken. Yeah, him and Dakota uh, Kai tore ACL again. Damn. That, that's a pretty bad injury. I, I got to think, like, if Triple H was booking Bobby Roode from the get-go in WWE, he would have been a main event guy when he came up to the ro- main roster. I, I think he loves Bob Roode. Yeah, exactly. That's like saying that. <laughs> I would like to hope that there's enough left in the tank for maybe a, a top guy run when he comes back, but I guess uh, I guess we'll see. Obviously, I want him to be safe. I don't want him to come back if he's just going to f his neck up again. I, you know, I don't want that for anybody. What did you say, five? Yeah. By then, they're going to be setting up top heavy. Right. Yeah. Because by then, top- Ron Breaker should be on the main roster. So should Carmelo Hayes. I mean, yeah, they're going to be. And look what they got. And Theory is going to be a top guy at some point. There may be no room for him. Well, the Miz got a huge pop for his entrance here. That one shocked me a little bit. I was like, really? Chicago? But they love the A-lister, man. But all three members of the New Day come onto the stage, and all three of them tease that they're in the match. until they Well, finally... WrestleMania is getting ready to go back to New York at this time, so it's a rule. Whenever WrestleMania is in New York, the Miz is a face. Yeah, right. But uh, either way, they all finally decide that Kofi is going to be the one to take the spot in the match. Apparently, this was like... Yeah, well, we, we didn't see that coming. Yeah, right. Well, apparently, this set the record for him. He beat Kane as, uh, for most appearances in Money in the Bank matches. But everyone buries Braun under ladders on the stage. When he finally gets free, or he gets beat up by multiple guys, laid on a table, and Kevin Owens climbs a giant ladder. I'm not finished with you. Well, when Braun gets free, Owens tries to climb down, but Braun, everybody gets caught and thrown off the ladder through a table by Braun. And he ate it, man. Yeah, right. Like, man, I I felt that one. You notice he's like holding the back of his neck pretty bad. I'm like, ooh, like, man, how hard did you hit, brah? Apparently, he got the. He was going to get these hands one way or another. But in the end, The Miz climbs the ladder in the ring. Braun climbs with Kofi on his back. He knocks The I Miz down. I thought that down. was cool. <laughs> right. He knocks The Miz down and then whips Kofi off of his back. Then he unhooks the briefcase no, to win. No, off like a fly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Dude went flying. Oh, wow. Uh, but Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I, I'm right in the middle. I gave it four. Yeah, it was good. I, I loved it, except for the end. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he unsuccessfully cash in, too? He does, yeah. Against, against Brock? I think it's, it no, against it's Brock. in the Hell in a Cell against Roman. He tries against Brock. or yeah, yeah, He tries on Raw. I'm at that Raw after SummerSlam. He tries to cash in on Roman. And then the Shield uh, reunites and screws him. I believe he cashes in the Hell in a Cell, though. And Brock costs him, if I remember right. I remember uh, Brock 
taking the money in the bank briefcase and beating the piss out of him with it. That was at SummerSlam. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I'm like, was that a was that the cash in or did he fail? Yeah, I couldn't remember. I think he teased like three or four times, but the bell never rang. Yeah. So you had two unsuccessful cash ins two years in a row. I can't remember who who did it in 2016. But either way, uh, Brock celebrates with the Money in the Bank briefcase to close the show. And that takes us to our final break. On the other side of this, we're diving into our final ratings and telling you what's coming up in July on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings, y'all. Internet Movie Database gives it oh, six point four out of ten. Cagematch.net gives it six point seventy four out of ten. I give it a six point five out of ten for C minus D plus somewhere in there. What say you? C plus. It was decent. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably go with a C minus here. It was it was watchable. I've seen a lot worse. Hell, we watched a lot worse this month. So it was fine. Well, that does it, man. We're we're done with June. Just trucking right along this year, man. In the can. We're done we're with all... June, and full disclosure, we are only in May. Yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, if but that's why we try to put a lot of dated stuff in here. That's like you can listen to it and be like, "Hey, that that's old." There you go. <laughs> but uh, we try the whole intention of this podcast when we started it. I wanted everything to be evergreen. So uh, I think that's, I, I think we've succeeded in doing that. It's uh, most episodes you can go back and listen and you never know when we recorded it. Cause we don't put a lot of dated stuff in there, but July trucking through here real quick. 
Uh, we're starting off with a heat wave. It's ECW's Heat Wave 2000. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that one's halfway decent. It was okay. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch. Last couple ECW shows we did have actually been pretty decent. I have not hated them. With, so. e- with ECW, it's all about timing. You got to pick the right t- year. Right. Every 2000 is usually safe. Yeah. Uh, 99 was hit or miss, but had some decent stuff. 98. Eh. It's like the further back you go, the worse it gets. But that's on July 5th, the day after this nation's birthday. Uh, July 12th, we're bringing you WCW Bash at the Beach 1994. Now you got Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, Cactus Jack, Ricky Steamboat, Steve Austin, Dustin Rhodes, Arn Anderson, Vader. The Lord's nothing but a Hall of Famers, dude. <laughs> it's yep. insane that this look, look how stacked that show is. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an amazing show. I'm just saying, right. it's crazy to think like who's all on there. And people can laugh, but the opener is a world TV title match with Johnny B. Bad, so... Probably gonna be bad man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think this is the first time I will have ever watched a Guardian Angel match, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I've seen the uh, Ray Trailer... Because he could be his, the boss. Right. I've seen Ray Trailer as the boss. I've seen him as... Uh, Big Bubba, I've seen him as Big Boss Man. Never seen him as a Guardian Angel, so that'll be new. You didn't uh, miss and, him. Yeah. Well, the top surefire first ballot Hall of Famers that are on this card, man. Paul Roma and Bunkhouse Buck are on this card. <laughs> Hell yeah. Keep my way, Regal's on this card. He's not even in the Hall of Fame yet. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure he will be as soon as he comes back full time, but I believe he uh, is back full time. He's not on TV at all. Well, okay. What's funny is that Ric Flair has sensuous Sherry in his corner because she can't be sensational here. How do they get away with that, anyways? I know it's a different word, but come on. I mean, I mean, they got away. They couldn't get away with the boss, but they got away with that. Well, probably because that wasn't his real name. I mean, Sherry is her real name, so they're probably like, well, got to call her something. But that's that one. Uh, and then July 19th is double main event week. We've got WWF in your house. Dose. That one is the Lumberjacks. And uh, trust me, for the most part, that match or that show is a numero dose. It's uh, It's got some talent on there, but it's WWF in 95. It's an early in your house. I mean, it is what it is, man. It costs and it's 15 Diesel. bucks. What did you think you were going to get? Yeah, and it's Diesel and Sid in the main event. It's not exactly going to be a catch-as-catch-can all-time classic. You speak for yourself. Uh, the bonus show we're bringing, and like I said, I can't remember other than maybe that six-man uh, ladder match. I can't think of why we booked this show. It's Nitro from July 18th, 2000. Okay, I'm going to need you to stop saying we. You picked it. Because we were looking over which ones, and you said, ah, let's do this one. I said, okay. Oh, so yeah, that... well, when you give me a list of crap, and, you know, I hit on the lightest crap. Hey, look, you can put all the caveats you want on it, all right? But it's we. So there you go. Uh, but then we're... Closing out the month with WCW Bash at the Beach 1998. 
Keep your cats away from you, dude, because they might get that mouse in your pocket. Wow. Uh, Bash of the Beach 1998 closed out the month, July 26th. That's another one-match show. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to check it out. I don't know if I've ever seen... I already have, so trust me. One-match yeah, show. I, I haven't seen this uh, at all, but the, the main event is Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman taking on Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. Very publicized match. This was like and the match you know, that they drove home. I don't want to spoil anything, but do you know the finish of the match? I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you. I want you to see it. Well, yeah. This hype as hell match ends like that. Well, we also get a no DQ match for the cruiserweight title of Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio Jr. But it only goes That's six kind of minutes. a spoiler because we don't know who the opponent's going to be until the show. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Now in the archives, Giant. by the way, the Knight Goldberg wins the title. Uh, yeah. Team Link goes supposed to be in this match. gets pulled out because he beats up Jericho and they have a no-contact clause, I think. Yeah, so stupid. But anyway, that does it for that. Uh, and that wraps up July. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we'll see you next week. We are officially in July. July 5th, it's ECW Heat Wave 2000. Yeah.